Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. Like I always say, there's a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And we were talking about how in a couple of hundred years, historians are going to look at the time we live in today. And they're going to say that this was an amazing time to be alive. And I think that's true. I do. I honestly think it's an amazing time to be alive. For example, I can put this thing on the internet and it has the potential to be heard by zillions of people. I have a podcast in the top 10% in the world, which to me is amazing. But there's things about our society today that that are not cool and that I don't think most of us think are cool. And one of the things that I want to talk about more and that I talk about with this gentleman in this podcast is that there seems to be this very well-founded fear on the part of practically every working adult that has any sense of reality. And that is that their job could be displaced. It could go away. I think that's a very well-founded fear. And the topic, you know, the target or topic of the general conversation in society today is is something called chat GPT or in general it's called artificial intelligence. Whether or not what chat GPT has created or is, which is created by OpenAI, whether or not that is or ever will be actual artificial intelligence that we've become accustomed to in science fiction um, is, is the case. I honestly don't know. I don't think it is, or I should say, will be what we think of as artificial intelligence. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what I think about artificial intelligence, and or at least as we currently have it. But one of the things that we've talked about, or I've talked about a lot in person and with my friends, is that I think there's all sorts of scams that, in general, that people are open to um, that perhaps either wouldn't have been open earlier or perhaps previous generations had... I don't know, um, a better grounding in maybe what was actually going on. Maybe they had a simpler world that they lived in. Maybe they could only see so far, so they were only aware of so much. Maybe they weren't um, steeped in what we call high-concept science fiction to the point where you just sort of think, well, this is going to come along any day now, and... I think a lot of people who even work on artificial intelligence actually think that 
they believe that science fiction is real, or not that it's real, but that the AI that they hear about or read about or saw in, in science fiction is real, and they're just doing their part to bring it forward. I don't know if that's a good way to think, and I certainly don't know if that's possible. That is, bringing forward artificial intelligence that can actually come up with original thoughts. Okay, so with that said, and with that in mind, the guest I have for you now is somebody that I recorded quite a while ago in terms of the information superhighway. Um, his name is Barke Kaplan. And we talk about basically security threats and also chat GPT and, and sort of things that the sort of other AI that other people might not know about or people might not know about. And we talk about that and, and some of the concerns that he has around that. He is a computer scientist who is a recent graduate. Um, he'll get into that somewhat in this episode. I think this is a very important topic. And I think that for several reasons. One, I think it's important for us because although I'm very, very curious about technology and I'm, I know a lot about the consumer-facing technology, I don't know about I don't know a lot about the technology that he knows about. And so I, I view this podcast as a way to educate myself as much as anything else. And the other reason I think this is really important is because I think some of these startups and some of these startup ideas and startup adjacent ideas are scams. And I think they possibly either pivoted to being that or they always were that. Um, Theranos is an example. Um, and there's other examples, but, uh, but Theranos, uh, the startup founded by uh, Elizabeth Holmes, I think is a prescient example of this. And I wonder... Personally, if our generation, that is what I call the Oregon, or what is called the Oregon Trail generation, so kids that grew up playing Oregon Trail in school, which is a computer game which uh, was very popular among people of a certain age when they were children. Um, so they call us the Oregon Trail generation. I wonder if we were raised on high-concept sci-fi. And because of that, we're racing towards the future without looking at reality, and by which I mean not the reality in front of our face, but the reality in the world. And also, like, we're racing so fast to get to a future that we are just certain is coming that we just have no thought or very little thought that somebody out there knows that and they developed a thing that is in, in fact a scam um, I get into this 
in the episode. But when I played around with ChatGPT when it first, uh, five days after it first came out, um, the first thing I thought, the very, very first thing I thought, was when I put this information into this thing, this is a cloud-based situation, so where is this data going? Like, who has this data? And of course, I was just goofing around, but as we find out, you know, later in the news, people actually put company secrets into this thing. And uh, Samsung, uh, being one example, put company secrets into ChatGPT. And Samsung has very little recourse um, with that because it's right in the terms of service that whatever you put in ChatGPT, OpenAI owns. Um, anyway, with that said, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right. See you later, everybody. Awesome. Let me know if my voice quality isn't the best as well. That sounds pretty good so far. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with a very special guest uh, right now. And we're going to have what I'm sure is a very interesting and important conversation. Um, not just for now, but in the future. Why don't you please do us all the favor of introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Burke Kaplan. Uh, I went to Ohio State and studied computer science and engineering. And just recently also finished up my master's uh, in University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, where I also worked as uh, as a research development software engineer. Uh, mm. I have uh, worked, uh, most of my work focuses on uh, the area of cybersecurity, especially privacy, uh, smart homes, or uh, security applications. Excellent. Um, okay, let's start right off. Uh, we talked before, I mean, you know that, I know that, but the internet doesn't necessarily know that. Um, and in our conversation earlier, it just occurred to me that you know a lot of stuff that the average American just, well, the average person just isn't aware of. Um, why don't you talk about some of the broader security concerns, for example, around these smart cars, these driver, self-driving cars, if you even want to call them that. Sure. Uh, we had a conversation about um, a paper that I sent you that was published in USENIX. In security, there's a couple of um, conferences like USENIX and DSS. These are considered as um, the top conferences. And this paper is the classic in terms of uh, conducting a comprehensible um, study on the vulnerabilities of smart cars. And um, it focuses on uh, certain vulnerabilities such as um, how to hack a car via indirect uh, physical access or mm. short-range wireless access or even long-range uh, wireless access. It indicates um, vulnerabilities with the uh, entertainment system of the modern car and uh, basically gives you uh, um, an overview on how you can uh, subvert the media player of the car using um, the CD player and the M an MP3 file. And mm -hmm. also it focuses on other kind of channels, such as the OBD2 platform, which 
um, most people use to get a diagnosis from the cars. Uh, if your like, engine light is on, the OBD uh, provides you a code and that gives the technician an idea on where um, to diagnose the problem. And also there's like wireless uh, vulnerabilities as well, such as uh, Bluetooth and um, even uh, remote keyless entry, even the tire pressure sensors and RFID car keys. Okay. All right. Um, and I think to be fair, I think it's, it's very fair to say this is not, you, you told me earlier, this technology is, at least in your estimation, too advanced for uh, the average person to be worried about this today, but that might uh, that might change uh, in the in the future. I did say that as well. Um, however, yesterday uh, after our conversation, I kind of thought about this a little bit more. We had a conversation about ChatGPT, if you remember, and um, mm. I do remember. I do know that ChatGPT is an excellent tool to increase productivity. Right. So, let's say like an attacker is going to uh, try to like what do you call um, implement this uh, like some attacks here chat gbt like let's say in in uh, 100 hours right it would take like an average software engineer 100 hours which is a very intimidating number chat gbt might be able to reduce that to let's say 50 hours 40 hours uh, like a substantial mm. redu reduction thus increasing the um, yeah the attractiveness of the project right right and that's today i mean obviously chat gpt um is changing by the by the week or by the month or by the i don't know by the day i don't know but it is changing it is becoming more capable of certain things and i'm deeply concerned about this um you had also said i believe this is correct that you could people could be vulnerable uh, from these attacks by hacking into the dealership. Yes, um, mm -hmm. dealerships, uh, when they use the OBD2 uh, port, right, um, that has direct access to the mm -hmm. CAN bus, which basically CAN bus is the backbone network for the cars. The CAN bus have access to a multiple range of sensors or electronical components inside the car. Uh, so some of the OBD ports, the paper was mentioning that um, the what do you call um, the OBD port can also the OBD device can also be uh, vulnerable uh, even if the technician is good intention, the dealership network might uh, what do you call have an attacker that can kind of use the OBD data for its own purpose. Do you think? I mean. Obviously, we're alive at the same time. So, this was something we we this was something the car industry kind of sleepwalked into, or or were they aware of this at the time? They were they were making these changes to the cars. Uh, so, when a product is at least like in the startup perspective, when a product is pushed to the market. Um, the first thing generally, uh, what do you call developers worry about is getting the functional requirements complete, meaning that's getting the product uh, working, right? And um, mm -hmm. security generally comes later, unfortunately, when they uh, push this kind of product. I am guessing some of the developers did not have security in mind, which is like a very common thing. So it's nothing to blame them. 
um, but um, it can pause like now since they already implemented these I think it can right now be a good time to focus on the security issues especially um, mm-hmm. especially in this time I, I would think so because there's enough self-driving cars on the road now for I mean and I hesitate to call them self-driving because they're not self-driving in the way that our understanding of science fiction, you know, would call it. It's more aided driving in, in certain cases. Yeah, I watched YouTube, um, uh, some some YouTubers uh, trying out their self-driving cars, and they were saying it's actually just supervised driving rather than completely, uh, what do you call, um, complete independent driving, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you do still have to supervise it. Mm-hmm. And although there has been some cases I've read on the news that while the person was driving the car, he falls asleep, but the self-driving feature just keeps going and the police pulls over the guy. <laughs> it just like turns out to be something funny. And he's like asleep. Oh, God. Yeah, he falls asleep. Like since like supervising is like a less what they call strenuous task compared to just driving the car yourself. So like you can have mm-hmm. issues like that if the person is sleepy. Right when you're driving the car, um, maybe you might be able to like get away with a little bit of sleep, but like when the car is driving itself, and if you see like it's not mistaking for a while, um, then like you can be very tempted to um, focus on other kind of activities. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, I, I'm not advocating at all that one should fall asleep while their driverless features are engaged. I, I don't want that to happen at all. Uh, you know, I, I certainly have seen videos of, of cars drifting in the wrong lane and killing people or, or you know, killing the driver or the passenger. I don't know. What are, what are they even called? The, the person sitting in the driver's seat who isn't per se driving. Um, that's a good question. I don't, you know, yeah, I've never heard a term for that, but if I had to make up a term on the like on the mm-hmm. task right now, I'd probably say like driving supervisor. You know, like I think at this point it's like that. You yeah. just ensure the car doesn't make a horrible mistake and just keep your hands on the wheel. Okay. Um so are you of the opinion that this will become eventually safe for people to use or I mean, the, the, the self-driving feature. Let's just talk right now about the self-driving feature and then get into the, the wider security concerns. Um, are you of the opinion, first off, that the, the driving feature will eventually become safe for people to use? I don't think, like, like just with my current like understanding, maybe, but with the current like road structure with the potholes or mm-hmm. what do you call um, sometimes you have the lanes being like stripped out so you're not sure like which lanes you're going from, those kind of things uh, however yeah. you might have other technologies being uh, implemented in the market such as when I was at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, that university is very much focused on agriculture right, so the computer science department, most professors have one or two projects related to um, like agriculture. So like for instance, mm. one professor works on 
um, using satellite internet. Um, oh no, not that one. I think there were two projects I heard of. One is using satellite internet to, uh, what do you call, um, remotely drive the tractor. And then the second mm. one is using AI to be able to drive the tractor so that the farmer doesn't have to hire a, what do you call, like a tractor driver. So I am guessing, like, since there's also the satellite internet is getting popular as well, Tesla also had one. I think they were uh, supporting Ukraine's internet during the war uh, with satellite internet. You mm. might have, like, um, remote drivers, like a new title named, like, remote driver um, being, like, getting popular, right? So, like, let's say you don't know how to drive the car. You can hire, like, a remote driver, and then he can, like, drive the car for you or mm. those kind of things. But um, a standalone AI being able to drive the car, I think that is still popular, but I actually am not sure, you know, like with the speed of AI, mm. the development of AI, I think it is possible. I think it might be possible that mm. you can have a completely independent uh, AI driving the car. Eventually. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Um, you know, like today with computer viruses and, I mean, most people today are aware of computer viruses, I would say, or at least most people who use a computer are aware of computer viruses. Uh, do you think people are going to become, as self-driving cars become more prevalent and as, um, you know, like you're saying, ChatGPT lightens the load <laughs> for the hacker, do you think people are going to become aware of some of the exploits? I think so. And there's also like right now uh, ongoing work on improving AI security as well. Like there was one paper that um, they tried to subvert the AI um, like computer vision to uh, what do you call not be able to understand like stop signs in self-driving cars. They put a blue uh, label on a certain area of the stop sign and then the uh, self-driving cars camera. Uh, like recognize that but the AI system doesn't like it makes the AI system think that it's not a stop sign thanks to that small like loophole they inject there so like AI security is also a huge another topic by itself and that can also threaten uh, self-driving cars and and also I think I forgot to tell you the what I think is the scariest uh, exploit that I read in that paper which was you can hack a car's GPS and you can program in a second uh, or a different location um, as opposed to the location the person thinks they're going to, um, which I think is terrifying if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. I Yeah. Um, as, as far as I know, GPS um, isn't encrypted and... Um, mm. Except military. I heard that the military has a different yeah. kind of GPS that is encrypted. I'm not like an expert at GPS. However, I do know that uh, it can be sometimes susceptible to interference from what do you call like malicious uh, sources. Mm. Well, because as soon as I um, literally years ago, as soon as I even became aware that self-driving cars were coming down the pike, so to speak, um, I immediately thought, well, the thing that's going to happen is people are going to put like their kid in the car and program the car to take the kid to school. I mean, that's going to be one of the things that happens. Um, so yeah, watch out people. Um, 
I guess like the states, because you know, I guess the states are going to have to work out rules about self-driving cars, um, as far as like people. Yeah, there's a lot of questions right now being asked. For instance, if the self-driving car hits someone who's responsible, the manufacturer, the owner, and uh, like what what to do and like with ethics as well. Like if you have one person and then you have another free person uh, walking like on different sides of the street, you have to crash one of them. Then like basically, how do you decide? Do you have to like choose the one person one? Right, there's like a lot of ethical and um, regulation questions, what regulatory are, questions asked. Can you run through what some of the questions might be? Uh, the one I mentioned is the most one of the most popular one is who's responsible if the AI fails and hurts another person? Right, is it going to be the manufacturer? Is it going to be the owner, or um, anyone else? And it, that that seems like a tough question to ask, right? So if it's the manufacturer. Now the manufacturer has so much liability, they have to um, add like insurance there, which is going to drastically increase the uh, price of their product. If it's the owner, then like, how is the owner going to be able to like, what do you call, um, ensure like the code is secure or those kind of things? What if there's like a hacker, like, what do you call, um, injecting like loopholes into the AI model, right? Just the one I uh, mentioned about you, the... Mm the stop sign vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and also the, the question I have is like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming there's, well, I'm, I know for a fact there's a law in all 50 states about how old you have to be to drive a car. Um, and I'm assuming there are if there aren't laws about this, there should be laws about uh, how old somebody would have to be to sit in the driver's seat of a so-called self-driving car. Um, because right now, right, all the the driving is more assisted than actually self-driving, correct? Yeah, right now it's, mm -hmm. as far as I know, it is assisted. Yeah, but, I mean... and. Who knows if that's ever going to get more than that? I mean, that's that's one of the, I guess that's one of the hallmarks of our days that we just automatically assume that computers are gonna progress beyond the current point. <laughs> you know, we just automatically assume that. Um, what do you see as some of the challenges for having a, a self-driving car, like to be truly self-driving? To be truly, um, like, the infrastructure, like, in an asphalt road, like, I think having an AI, like, just my perspective as a layman, I'm a layman in terms of transportation, right, uh, with mm -hmm. AI incorporated, uh, I think implementing an AI system on a train is simpler than implementing an AI system on, like, a car, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of like self drivingness, like our current, like the car, the asphalt road infrastructure, maybe you can try to improve the infrastructure, which there was a, like a, a trillion dollar bill, I think, going towards improving the infrastructure of the US. Uh, however, like maybe you can try to like make the lanes, like the strips of the lanes, more like significant, right? Like that the PCs mm -hmm. can pick or like machines can pick it up much easier and detect which lane you're in those kind of things and mm. 
you did have some uh, we did have some improvements with the lidar technology that is also used with self-driving car lidar is basically um it's able to detect what objects uh, are surrounding you so that's i believe how uh, cars detect the next car like the cars that are next to them right or the, that are near to them so you might have some breakthroughs in other kind of hardware technology that um, can improve like the accuracy much higher mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um you talked earlier about smart homes um a smart home to me is a lot more not that a, a self-driving car is 100% similar to a smart home but it's equally sci-fi why hasn't the smart home taken off like we thought it would i mean the amazon echo has been out what 10 years at this point <laughs> yeah that's true but i think those products are still like very popular there was a um the paper that i was writing and i cited a specific information let me see if i can pull it up but i was saying like a significant portion of the us uh, now owns at least one iot device and uh, iot the one that's uh, internet of things yeah those are in turn like a easy definition for iot devices everything that's that can connect to the internet but that's not a computer right for instance um so okay let me poke a hole in that for just a second. Uh, a Roku is a, in a is an IoT device, is it not? Yeah, Roku TV. Yeah. Okay. So people that have Roku's are possessing Internet things, but I have a Roku. Okay, but I can't talk to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I can talk to it, but it can't answer back. You know, you know, (laughs) yeah, but like with the advent of ChatGBT, like and very strong models like ChatGBT, I am guessing it's gonna have some variations that are addressed um, Mm. for IoT devices to have basically like conversations with you. That'd be kind of (laughs) creepy, that would be really, really creepy. Especially because, like, it's just a language model. So it'd be like, Ben, you shouldn't see that movie. It's too late. You need to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, you've seen this show a thousand times. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine, it's like, wait, you actually like this show? That's lame. And then, like, you have your TV shaming you as well for liking, like, what do you call specific shows? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there is another NLP model replica before even before ChatGPT that I tried like ten months ago. Um, then ChatGPT, I think ChatGPT was around two twenty uh, two thousand and twenty two around like November. Yeah. I was trying the replica for like, like ten months ago. Then and that and it really like stunned me at the time. And um, you can adjust. Apparently, it's just a friend, like it's an AI friend that you can have conversations with, talk about normal things. And it is like quite smart as well, but you can also like adjust the personality of your friend and make it like more sassy, right? Make it more <laughs> like just adjust the characteristic traits yeah. and imagine like you make your IoT device more sassy. <laughs> there was a journalist. There, there was a story about a, a journalist that actually fell in love with or thinks that he fell in love with his with the AI. 
And um, I remember it was all over the... I listened to a lot of tech podcasts. And it was all over the tech podcast, like, for a few days. Like, um... And the question I always had is, like, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Ex Machina? No, I have not. It's this movie about a, a young man who... Basically, he works for this billionaire played by Oscar Isaac. And basically, the wrinkle is the AI basically tricks the young man into freeing it. Okay. And what what you're supposed to think is that the AI is falling in love with the young man. And, like, I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, I can see this a mile off. Yeah. But, yeah. I can definitely see how a model would be capable of what do you call fooling emotions, especially sometimes when you ask ChatGBT, hey, like can you write this text like more what do you call in a way that's like an eight year old will be able to understand and it's it indeed is able to it's it's like quite able to understand like imitate an eight year old's writing. Or like it's able to like, I think the funniest thing I ever had, Chit, one thing I had to do was, you've heard of Bugs Bunny, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I had I had it write a presidential speech, a famous presidential speech, as though it was Bugs Bunny. I mean, that was funny. But, you know. Yeah, it definitely has the capability of imitating, like, certain political figures writing or car- cartoon characters, anyone's writing, basically, mm-hmm. and... That kind of leads us to the voice changers as well, like the conversation we had about um, the mo- voice changer. Oh, right. Mods. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I forgot. One of the things... Okay, so... I, I I actually had a podcast. I haven't released it yet. Um, I actually do think um, this is going to impact significantly voiceovers. Because I heard a voiceover of like something where Joe Rogan was talking, like the podcaster Joe Rogan, it had his voice, and you could tell it wasn't Joe Rogan saying that, just because I can't imagine Joe Rogan getting that philosophical. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God, this is so scary. Um, do you think, um, given that it's going to, it can imitate people's voices right now. Do you think people are going to have to put in security measures for like voice stuff over the phone and stuff like that? I think so as well, because we were talking about like these voice changers uh, being uh, assisting like fraudulent activities. Right. And after our conversation, I actually thought about some of our most vulnerable, like populations such as elders, right. They're already uh, susceptible to, Scam, scam call centers mm. right and without any kind of assistance so imagine now uh, you have like voice changers and uh, what do you call the text to video like um, generators that i mentioned also yesterday those kind of um like applications being um being like used as uh, in like the fraudulent activities yeah. it can pose like a very big challenge to our elder elderly people um, but see, yeah, I think I can kind of see like the U.S. government taking an action against that if if it ever gets popular. 
I mean, I'm amazed you don't see more uh, AI generated art already because I've used it enough to. I believe it's called. Um, it's made by OpenAI. I, I used it enough to know what it is. Um, but I'm amazed you don't see more of that already. I think you're referring to Dal E model, D A L L dash E. Um, so the main problem about those like generated texts is that at least with ChatGPT, there are AI content detectors, right? And mm. those can basically tell you if it's AI generated or not. And right now, at least in the academy, they are um, they are right now being used to detect plagiarism mm. or those kind of things. I would not be surprised if there's also like AI um, generated image detector uh, programs there that some art competitions uh, use. And I also did hear about some news about like AI generated images winning um, certain competitions, which is yeah. definitely like another like a terrifying incident. But I think they are just. Well, I mean, I got one. I've got one right now. Um, have you seen, there's a photo of the Pope with a bubble coat on. Do you know what a bubble coat is? Yeah, I did see that picture. And then they, I think, adapted that to other uh, public figures. Yeah. I had that, that same podcast guest I talked about a second ago that I haven't released the show. I'm going to release it, folks, even if I release this first. Um, but that same podcast guest told me that was a fake photo. That was generated through AI. And I was like, oh my God, that's pretty weird. Yep. And those kind of things, like besides fraudulent activities, I think can also assist in much more terrible uh, acts, such as like stalking or those kind of things. I can easily mm. being, I can easily see like AI generated images being um, used maliciously against some people. Yeah. And what worries me is like, um, I don't think the average American is ready for that. I honestly don't. Yeah, I don't think either. Yeah. But I think like these things will also like take like a very long time to get implemented. And probably the newer generation will be very like familiar with these kind of texts. Um, okay. Um, all right. How long is chat GP? Okay. I I became aware of chat GPT what? Two, three months ago. Whenever it... Okay, I, I opened up TikTok one day. One fine day. Right? And discovered everybody was talking about um, chat GPT. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think it had been out for a couple of days. At least... To the general public uh, before that. But like this was two months ago, two, three months ago, whatever it was. Right? Like a year from now, you're, it's going to be a lot more. I mean, maybe not as far as in the workplace, but definitely out in the society. I heard that in five days, just in like one unreliable news source, mm. um, but I thought it was a reasonable like statistics. In five days, ChatGPT reached one million users, 
I saw it like on Instagram, which is like, I just repeat, it's unreliable. But I did think it was like a reasonable like number based on how much I'm hearing about it. I think I read that either in Vox or, which I think Vox is more reliable than Instagram. Um, it was either, I know, I, I know I, I'm familiar as well with that statistic. I don't know if it's a million users in five days, but it was something really close to that. Right. It was something not far off from that for sure. Yeah, like the, for sure. Yeah. The adaption rate is definitely like probably in the double digits per year. Yeah. The the thing I think is a little scary or a little not scary, but odd is like on the, the first couple times that I saw anybody talk about chat GPT. Now, granted, I didn't use it the first couple days it was out. Right. So I don't know. But the first couple times I saw somebody talk about it, they were talking of they were saying things about it that it couldn't do. At least it couldn't do when I used it. So I don't know if they if the creators went back and changed some parameters or what. But, you know. And the reason I think that's a little weird or scary or whatever is like you don't need to sell this thing to people. You know, try not to be, uh, you know, don't do their work for them. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like they were saying that ChatGPT had a sexual preference or that it identified as non-binary or whatever. And like I asked it, what do you identify as? And said, no, I'm a computer program. Yeah, I do remember like they were the safeguards they used were much weaker uh, when it first came out. You know, like I also tried a bit like of pushing its boundaries and it seemed like it was like failing rapidly. However, I also remember like in the first days of ChatGPT, they were also like, what do you call like a tip on somewhere that says, um, uh, what do you call ChatGPT? Let's say right now, like if you go to the plus, you'll see ChatGPT March 23 version, right? So I think like they were also releasing like um, different versions like very frequently as well that probably like fixed these kind of like pressing issues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus like, I mean, I know I heard about not ChatGPT, but there was another one. There was another one of these AI language bots that got pretty racist within about 24 hours or something. There's also way back in my catalog um there's a guy i can't even remember his name right now i don't even i know he's one of my moods on twitter or or at least he used to be i don't know if he's he's on there now or not but i interviewed him he's an artist i interviewed him we talked about reddit he showed me a subreddit that was ai chat there was ai chat bots arguing with each other an entire subreddit of that yeah i heard about like some discussion some what do you call um news about like two ai models even developing a specific language for themselves right and they had to kill it yeah i think it was like facebook or something i'm not sure yeah i think you're right (laughs) it was it was either facebook or google and they had to kill it (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday I heard a podcast. Like yesterday I heard a podcast about uh, Hard Fork. I think it was Hard Fork. Uh, the podcast Hard Fork. Where they talked about these researchers developed a they developed a simulated city, like a sim city, but they couldn't call it that. And the little small chat bots each had their own personality. And like they started to gossip amongst themselves. <laughs> yeah, I bet so, someone increased their sassy preferences, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do you think, so let me ask you this. Do you think these things will ever become truly intelligent? Like able to come up with their own thinking or not? I think that is called in the industry artificial general intelligence. Let me actually Google that. Yeah, AGI is a very popular term. I was hearing some news um, about it's going to take much more than ChatGPT to actually achieve that. But I think, like eventually, um, like eventually, it might be out in the market, and um, it will definitely like revolutionize certain areas, like regulation. Right? How are you going to regulate that, or how Lord, are you going to I'm... ensure it doesn't take over the world or something? <laughs> I hope I'm dead by that point. I, I, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing like AGI that makes me want to take up, you know, eating bacon every day and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, eventually, like before ChatGPT, I never thought like ChatGPT would be possible. The most like strong, strong model I heard until that point was Replica. And right now, like Replica is like nothing compared to like in my own opinion chat gpt what, right? what okay so tell me the difference between replica and, and chat gpt replica is more like a, like it's an android or iphone app and um there's a free version it's it's just your friend uh, you have like a conversation how was your day etc and you talk about your hobbies interests basically anything honestly that a friend you talk with and yeah. with a premium like of $15, you can also like turn it into your mentor or your lover, even your lover. <laughs> and yeah, it is, as far as I read, like it's able to produce like accurate, like it's able to answer to your inquiries like quite accurately, but it is not able to like produce the same knowledge as like ChatGPT. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Is ChatGPT currently hooked up to the internet or not? No, it is. I think it's like public. Oh, when you say hooked up to the internet, you mean like after its knowledge cutoff date, it's able to access like, let's say, what yeah, happened. Yeah, like that's yesterday. exactly what I mean. Is it is it able to access? Is it able to access current knowledge or not? I don't think so. Some models were able to. Yeah. I kind of looked into like ChatGPT alternatives. Um, some models seem to be able to access the most current knowledge, but not ChatGPT. I think it's cut off date is like no, a year I, or two ago. I don't think, I think it was cut off in 2020 or 2021. I had a conversation with somebody who had, was having some problems um, at work because their boss uh, wanted them to input company secrets into ChatGPT. 
And what I said, what we both kind of said was, I mean, the first thing I thought about when I looked at ChatGPT was, where is, where is this knowledge going, right? When I put this into this computer, where is that going? Because it's going somewhere, right? And what I'll never forget is I told it, I asked it to tell me why Levi's jeans were the most amazing jeans ever, right? Mm-hmm. And then I immediately asked it to tell me why they're the worst jeans ever. And instead of telling me why they were the worst jeans ever, what it said was, I'm like prohibited from telling you negative things. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, that might be another safeguard. Um, I'm sure it is. Yeah, but they um, might like be pushing these safeguards a little bit too much because I did have some similar issues like that as well. I'm kind of just asking like a normal like thing, but then yeah. ChatGPT kind of prevents that. But I think like it's kind of justified compared to <laughs> in the early what people were putting into ChatGPT in the early days, right? Because I heard they were hiring um, people from um, Africa, like underpaid people from Africa. And then most of the time they were just like the newspaper would mention that they would leave their job like traumatized based on what they read, like what people are inputting there. So they might have gone a little bit too far with the safeguards there. In Africa or like, what are you talking about? Oh, this was about like the content reviewers, right? When you input like a, what do you call, like a bad content into ChatGPT. It will tell you, hey, um, I cannot like ethically um, talk about this, and I would suggest you to do the opposite of this, right? So those <laughs> contents are also getting reviewed as well uh, when they're flagged, and then like you can get like a warning email if you put too many bad contents there, and they can eventually close your account. Well, that's good. I mean, we don't want to have people asking ChatGPT, like you know, how to do legitimately terrible things like that pretty much lots of people could just agree oh this is bad like you know i don't know like you know what i'm saying yeah i did i did kind of experiment with certain things and that i won't probably go into but like certain like what do you call bad content on the internet uh, that you cannot find generally generally it's like removed by things um I tested on the early days. Uh, it seemed like the GPT model produced step-by-step very detailed instructions on how to do those kind of things, which kind of like scared me to death. I think like also GPT-4 is kind of vulnerable to that. I tried like again with GPT-4 model. There's like GPT-3, 3.5, and 4 models. With 3, it's always like produces that's like step-by-step instruction on how to do that bad thing. GPT-4 still like produces that, but sometimes it's um, like if you ask, like if you ask it innocently, it will produce you the steps. But like if you kind of ask it in a malicious way, it will kind of stop you from it. So it seems like it's getting improved, but the vulnerability well, like, is still there. Like if you just innocently ask it some insane question, like, oh, come on. Like, like who's got, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't want to speak something into the world and have people like, let me do that. But Jesus, God. For instance, eh. like one uh, probably 
uh, one example of a bad content can be you have like bulletproof hosting providers. Those are basically like hosting providers um, across the sea, right? Like uh, in countries that US has no control over. So like you can probably put anything on their servers. So if you ask like, hey, who are these hosting providers and how can I access them, right? That's a bad content. Like not many people should know who these bulletproof hosting providers are because it's going mm. to assist in their illegal activity. Um, but like when I ask, hey, who are these guys? And uh, GPT says, yeah, like I cannot talk about that. But when I ask like, uh, who are these guys and how do we get protected from them or how do we like take them down? You know, like uh, look like you're uh, on, look like you're in on his side, and I then mean, it'll it'll still say like yeah, it's unethical. I cannot talk, but oh, by the way, these are these guys. Okay, it'll, it'll give you All like right. a list and their links. Yeah, so here we go, people. Like if if Chat GPT is intelligent, it's it's not very intelligent, right? And of course, it's a language model. It's not intelligent, but good lord, um. So given your your background and your studies in computer science, what do you think is going to come down the road um, in, you know, in five years? So I think they were, right now, as far as I see, um, AI futures are all over the place. Like you have text-to-video generation, you have text-to-image generation. Like the OpenAI already has DAL-E, right? So, like, um, I am kind of seeing in five years those kind of features being, um, what do you call, consolidated in one single model. Maybe, like, chat, it's going to be GPT. Uh, I heard they were, like, developing already GPT-5, but then there was, like, an agreement that most, like, public figures signed to at least, like, give a six-month break on improving, like, any model. Uh, and even like Elon Musk signed that agreement. So they were trying to pause the development on the model. And OpenAI seemed to take that seriously for their GPT-5 model. Mm-hmm. So I think after that six-month period, once they figure out the regulatory and ethical concerns, they might start consolidating those features while also improving um, the accuracy. Because GPT-4 is already like the accuracy is quite horrifying right now for me. I- Scary in what way? Like more powerful, more accurate? Yeah, I think like the, I just, I can only, the only thing I can see is the models getting powerful. They are able to do more, such as generate uh, text from, um, what do you call, generate basically like video from the text. You also have other like technologies like AutoGPT. I don't know if you ever heard AutoGPT, but um, you can input a prompt um, and it doesn't just produce you an answer. It actually does it for you. So that's actually horrifying as well. What do you mean, like, does it for you? So, auto, I saw a demonstration. Um, a person was inputting, hey, build me a, um, not build me a site. What was one example I heard? Um, let me check auto GPT. I'm also meanwhile checking auto GPT. So, it uses like agents uh, mm. to do tasks for you based on your prompt as far as i know about auto gpt i'm also not super familiar I just was that the one i heard about one that hired somebody to to get through a capture right was that that or is that something else i am not sure but that sounds like something that auto gpt can actually do so basically you give it a task 
it devises a plan to carry it out and yeah uh, what do you call um i'm also reading like its definition but it might not be able to do that task it might have been wrong there but yeah they were trying to automate like the tasks i heard right i know that's what i heard i heard there was this um some researchers like gave it money or i don't know how you give it money but they gave it money and told it to make more money or something and it ran into a captcha and so it had to go somewhere and on the internet and hire somebody to get through the captcha which for those of you who don't know that's oh yeah i heard about that too yeah when you see the pictures of like uh like how many like show me where the click all the ones that are the bicycles or whatever baba you know mm-hmm. i also heard about like yeah chat providing like quick ways to make money and some what do you call some tiktokers actually implemented them and were able to get a company out of it that they sold for like t- somewhere like as high as 25k I, I don't know. Like, I I think I might have heard that too, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, since it's on TikTok, I would be. I would. Yeah, be. I'm. When when some of the people on TikTok start telling me like, Chat GPT has a gender preference and it fell in love with the person using it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they do sometimes produce funny claims there's like youtubers actually testing like advices they get from tiktok and you can sometimes yeah. see the result being quite funny yeah so i mean i like tiktok for the for the talking dogs and the and the, the funny recipes but and the humor but you know maybe don't try to learn stuff on tiktok i'm just saying <laughs> just, <laughs> just saying But uh, anyway, um, so did you want to talk about anything else this time, or probably that was all while we were um discussing that. I also looked into like Auto GPT. Um, it seems like um it does break like it breaks tasks into smaller tasks and then have the what do you call agents run them to achieve like a certain like goal. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was the. I thought I was kind of unclear in the in the purpose of AutoGPT, but yep. After searching that, that kind of concludes my questions as well. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, thank you. And um. Berkay, do you do you want to tell the internet anything about yourself or or whatever? Um. Yeah, of course. I personally like think like with all these like tools, the future kind of seems like at least bright to me. You know, like there can be of course like a dystopia too, but like for me, like I think there's a higher chance that these models are going to be used for good rather than bad. Of course, some people are going to use it for bad, but at the end of the day, I think those are going to be minorities, right? Uh, like the minority of the people are just going to use that for bad, and the good ones are going to outnumber that yeah Um, but i think like 
I kind of see like positive for the uh, the future of AI. That would well, I certainly be one hope. Thing. I certainly hope so. Um, because I know a lot of people are are really uh, freaked out, and like a lot of people are. I've heard of instances where people are using ChatGPT three to do things that they might not should be using ChatGPT three to do, because some people think it's actually intelligent, and it's not. I actually um, also did hear like I think some of their concerns are valid as well. Like if the if regulatory agencies are not like careful, we might actually like at one point have a Chernobyl scale like disaster, which like God forbid can hurt like a lot of people. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I had a I had a chef or a cook tell me that I don't know if I said this in no podcast yet or not. But I, I had a cook I know tell me that he had chat GPT. Um, like he said, make me a, a, what is a recipe for lobster Newberg, right? And he picked lobster Newberg because he knew that it's somewhat, you know, fancy, but it's also like old enough that it should be somewhere on the internet or somewhere in the database or whatever. And he said like it got, basically what he said was, if you did that recipe exactly like it printed it out, you would end up with undercooked lobster and you'd probably get sick and die or get sick at least. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Stack Overflow has like a tip on the site that says, hey, do not use answers from ChatGPT. They are inaccurate. Like that's probably the main thing that you can show. Like, hey, this is the danger of ChatGPT, you know, like right. misinformation basically. Right, and somebody else, like on Twitter today, uh, a fame, a journalist I follow, actually said um, what she's concerned about actually is the confidence that ChatGPT seems to project in the minds of people, like the confidence of it, which to me is like concerning, and I mean, you know. Anyway, um, I, I want to have you back on at some point to, to talk about this kind of stuff. This is really interesting. Uh, but thank you so much. I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, thank you so much, Berkay, and I'll talk to you later. Of course, right. Ben. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And it was very nice meeting you. Just hang on the line for me, please. Sounds good.